Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm here so I won't get fined. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. The second half, we sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball, they went down and got points. We got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Been erroneous reports. People questioning my loyalty to him. That is absurd. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. You were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone. The People's Dynasty Podcast. On today's show, we're going to be working through the 20. 23 rookie wide receiver class, and I've got a couple of great guests. No Jerry this week. Jerry is uh, still on the MIA list. Actually, uh, I say that jokingly. I miss Jerry, and he's a he's a busy guy. But I got a couple of guys filling in with me this week to talk about these rookie wide receivers. The first guy is uh, Dr. Frankenstein. He is the CEO over at Toilets to Titles. And he was uh, one of the original co-hosts of this very podcast. He is a longtime friend of the show, Mr. John Sheps. Sheps, welcome back, buddy. Man, it is it is good to be here. Yeah, one one of the original. Uh, I remember when uh, Mike Goins asked me to lead this thing off, and he gave me LJ and MJ, and then uh, LJ split off, and MJ stuck around, and then uh, you were listening to the show. We brought you on, man. Those are those were good times, man. So it is definitely great to be back where it all started for me and uh, to bring on uh, my buddy here. So, so one of my buddies, my old buddy, Nino, I'm sorry, my old buddy, Memphis. And now, you know, my buddy that I've been rocking with, Nino, uh, over at Toilets and Title. So it's good to be speaking with both you guys this evening. Yeah, and the Nino that he's speaking of is Mr. Nino Brown. Now, Nino is the content manager for the Toilets to Titles team. He does a lot of Devi. He does a lot of Dynasty. He does head-to-head leagues, IDP. He also does the good work over at the CFB Nation. That's CFB, CFB, probably standing for college football. We'll talk about that in a second. And uh, one thing I love about both these guys is uh, in John's bio, he was reminding us that he's Emmett and and Dylan's daddy. And in Nino's bio, he is a dad to twin boys plus one. But Nino, welcome you to the show as well, my friend. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, John asked me to come on, and I was all for it. Anytime I can talk sports, whether it be NFL, college football, I'm all about it. Well, I'm all about you guys getting here. We're going to hear about your guys' exploits down in Mobile, Alabama. That's why you're here. You guys are going to talk not only Senior Bowl, but but Senior Bowl wide receivers. Uh, I'll keep the intro short. I've already been talking to Nino and John for well over 30 minutes, and that's uh, exclusive behind the uh, before I hit the record button coverage over on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Check that out. Uh, I can answer any questions about that. And then be sure to hit us up on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, John, you guys are closing in on a milestone over there at Toilets of Titles. You guys are about, what, a, a buck 20-ish away from a 1,000? Pretty monumental. 90. 90. Yeah, yeah. We So like you mentioned, we went down to the Senior Bowl and the coverage. So so over the last month or so, we've been working hand-in-hand with the fellas, uh, KT and Moon and uh, Mike over there at CFB Nation, Real Ones Productions, working hand-in-hand. We met them down there and we linked up. So we actually linked up now. Uh, we have our college football content is exclusively on the CFB Nation, and that's with Nino kt mostly over there so you can find their shows and p2p now moved over there that was a college show on the Twitch titles network so we put all of our college content 
It's over at the CFB Nation. Everything from the college, from college level up, like the NFL draft up, is over on the Toilets and Titles YouTube channel. The production value for both networks has been through the roof after emergence. So it's been like a three-year process of growing, trying to refine the process, trying to develop what it is that we want to be about because there's so many different things you could talk about. Like, man, I love the NFL in general. I love Dynasty. I love Redraft. And obviously you mentioned I'm Frankenstein. Like I love absolutely ridiculous fantasy football nonsense. I love the NFL draft. Like the NFL season takes a toll on me specifically. I am a very emotional person. Both of you may know that. And I wear my heart on my sleeve. And, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. So the, the season is grueling. But then the postseason, the draft content, that's I always say it, the season of optimism and the season of hope. So this is the time where we shine. So we've refined the process, man. We're about 90 uh, subscribers from hitting 1,000. Again, you know, Nino Brown, uh, he is, he's also the COO of uh, Toilets to Title. So he's also the content manager, COO. And bringing him on, like having somebody who matches my vision and, you know, his work ethic is, is through the roof has been a huge proponent to – just kind of catapulting us towards that milestone. Well, I'll make sure to share their uh, their link to their YouTube channel and some tweets. And if for some reason you're not, you are following us and not following them on YouTube, you never know. It could be a race. You could be the 1,000th subscriber. You know, don't, don't be afraid to be like 997 or 1004 that <laughs> yeah. we're just trying to help get our brothers there. We'll just we'll, we'll just jump right into the body of the show. So, um, like I said, beginning of the show, you guys just got back from Mobile. Nino, tell us about your experience and your week in Mobile. What'd you learn? Uh, what'd you see? What are you excited about? Who are you excited about? Just uh, give us your Senior Bowl recap. Oh man, mobile mobile was great. Um, just meeting everybody, like actually meeting them, like meeting John and T2T family and KT and the CFB Nation and Moon, and then also uh, Brian Bosage from the Draft Countdown, who's been you know a good friend of mine through this whole process of you know becoming a content creator. Just meeting everybody, and then getting on the field, like getting on the field. I was on the field. I could see the sweat coming off these gentlemen that were playing. Getting angles and seeing the game with a totally different perspective. You know, you sit in the sand to see the game, but when you're on the field. It's it's a whole different world. Interviewing over forty players, it, it was a surreal uh, aspect of the whole thing. Was interviewing everybody, but it was like second nature to us after the first one. Um, we knocked down, like I said, about 35, 40 of them. Met a bunch of people, had a good time. Talked to Jim Nagy, you know, the Crane Company brothers, Jake Crane. Can't, I can't complain. I had, I had a blast. John, what about you, buddy? Man, uh, did Memphis? Have you heard the Jalen Tolbert story? Ooh. I have I have not. Please. So well, everything Nino said, like, you know, completely, you know, I, I, I agree with. I got there a day later than than they all got there. So they were kind of in the groove. I had connecting flight. Uh, I can't really talk because Nino drove like 30 hours <laughs> uh with with three children and his wife. So I mean his his commute wasn't very easily, <laughs> but I got down there like I got to the field a half hour before the first the second practice of the first day ended and everybody like from the team, we're, we're a pretty big team. And there were about eight of us there and everybody had their roles. Like we were prepping for this for a while. And uh, it was like overwhelming at first. I'm like, man, where do I fit in? Like, what am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Then getting down in the field, like setting up the production equipment, like the first day was a whirlwind. But like you said, you know, the next day was the, we had the breakfast and the interviews were great. But anyway, I'll give you the quick version of the Jalen Tolbert story. So we, um, we park behind the stadium and behind the stadium, there's a lower entrance to the field. And that's where you would line up to walk out on the field after the practices ended. You line up like 15 minutes before the practices ended. So you can walk out on the field, but then you'd have to walk out. You know, there's a security guy in front of the parking lot you'd pass him a few times a day. And then you'd walk up to the stadium and then go into the stands to watch the practices. And that's where we would split up and I'd watch receivers and defensive backs. Somebody watch quarterbacks, running backs, whatever we'd split up. And um, we walked back and forth through this security entrance with one security guard, nice fella, you know, sitting in a chair and we would just, you know, you know how I am. I just, I'll talk to anybody. And uh, I was talking to this guy in passing a few times and then we're on our way down towards the field. And we, we had some t-shirts made up some orange Toots titles, t-shirts. We were giving them to all the players and this dude was real cool. So I gave him a t-shirt. 
uh, the security guard, just because he didn't give us a hard time. And he's just a nice fella. So like two minutes after I give him a T-shirt, a car pulls in like a like a white Hyundai. And I look in the car and immediately I know it's Jalen Tolbert. Like that's Jalen Tolbert. This is South Alabama. I didn't even like it was immediate. Like that's Jalen Tolbert in the car. And that's where he went to college. Security guards like, where's your credentials? And Jalen, I can see it in his face. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Jalen Tolbert's <laughs> thinking like, I don't have credentials. What are you talking about? What do you want from me? And I, I look at the security guard and I go, you got to let that guy in. And it's just me, the security guard and Jalen Tolbert at this point. You know, no one else is around. And um, he's like, what do you mean? Is he a player? And I'm like, yes, he played here and he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. And the security guard's like, oh, I'm a Cowboys fan. You know, yeah. I, I'll let him in. So he let Jalen Tolbert, like, you know, you ever seen Night at the Roxbury? I feel like this is the Richard Grieco story. He turns and he tips his cap like this. No, but he didn't have a cap, but he, he acknowledged me, you know. And then he drives through. And then I see Nino. And I'm like, Nino, like, Jalen Tolbert is parked right there. I just got him into the, the parking lot. And Nino's like, oh, go say what's up to him. And I was like, oh, man, like I was a little gun shy. So Nino walks up to him. We go say hi. We, we go up. I shake his hand. And essentially, I got Jalen Tolbert into the senior bowl. So no big deal. And, you know, the, the <laughs> I love that story. But the movie reference that would have been perfect there is you should have looked over at Jalen Tolbert from Step Brothers and went, did we just become best friends? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping, like, I DM'd him on Instagram. I was like, hey, I was that guy who got you in. You know, you want to come on the show? And no response yet, but maybe maybe, maybe he'll remember and uh, we'll get him. Man, maybe he'll remember how much I love that man going into to rookie drafts last year. I drafted him in the, uh, the Toilets to Titles Frankenstein League. Did not do me any favors in that format. But, uh, you know, there's always year two. There, there, there's always year two. Well, before we start jumping into these rookie questions for you, gents, do you have anything um, you want to promote? Obviously, I'm sure all of your Toilets to Titles Senior Bowl coverage is dropping over on the YouTube channel. What else would you want the listeners of the Dynasty Warzone to know before we, uh, we jump into some questions? I would say we just started a Gilded Chat. So we had, like, you know, the Frankenstein chat was on GroupMe, and there's like over 60 people in there. And then we had like a Patreon chat and Discord. We just combined everything, got rid of both servers and threw it all on Gilded. So now in Gilded, we have the multiple channels. It's just e easier to navigate. So if you want to interact with us, interact with anybody from the team, get in Gilded. Frankenstein is our listener league. It's 60 teams. It was five divisions. We're going up to 96 teams, I believe. We're adding three divisions. It's If you, if you want like an insight, if you're somebody who likes a challenge and likes something different, go to our YouTube, Toilets of Titles, and look up Frankenstein in our channel, and you'll, you'll find a show discussing it, one of our shows. And if you get in the Gilded Chat and you, you say, hey, Coach Sheps, I'm coming from the Dynasty War Zone. And if you say that, you're guaranteed. I'll give you a guaranteed entry. Because usually we do giveaways and all sorts of stuff. But I'm telling you right now, come from Dynasty War Zone. Come into our Gilded. So, so reach out to me or Nino on the Twitter at Coach Sheps, at titles at Nino Brown underscore T2T, and let us know. We'll send you the link. And if you come in there and you say in the chat, Coming from DWZ, I want, I want to be in Frankenstein. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you a spot. So that's really Boom. the plugs. Nino, you got any plugs, man? The, the, you hit it up. I was going to say, get Gilded. Gilded is the new wave. Hop on the Gilded. You want to interact with us? There's all kinds of channels there. It's the way to go. Uh, CFB Nation will have a channel on there as well. So there'll be a college in, uh, input. Any questions you want to ask us on the fly will be there. So get Gilded. And and I just downloaded the Gilded app. John sent me the link the other day because I am in the Frankenstein League. I was. I have the uh, the the dubious distinction. I won't give too much away of having a player stolen. What does that mean? Well, head over to Gilded, yeah. get signed up, and uh, get into a Frankenstein league with me, with John and Gino. So let, let's get into some of these rookies, guys. Um, I'll start with you, Nino. Um, maybe it's a Senior Bowl guy. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a it's a junior. Who's your favorite wide receiver in this class? I got to say something real quick before we get into this. When I do docs with, with coach, if I'm not in the dock first, I, I, I got I to gotta prepare myself because my guys will get swiped. <laughs> but we both like the same guy. But I got another guy like Natra She Rice, okay? He was at the Senior Bowl. Um, he may have not balled out to the Senior Bowl, but I believe it's because he knew where he stood already. And he might have scared a little people because the measurables at the Senior Bowl might have changed from what SMU has on the stat sheet. 
I know SMU, he was 6'2", 6'3". He came in at six six foot flat, 200 pounds. But he plays bigger than six feet, okay? He has speed, both in line and the speed to cause separation. And once he catches the ball, man, watch out. Open field, Rasheed Rice can beat any DB one-on-one. He is a zone coverage maniac. He will eat you a pot, okay? He has a huge catch radius, and he has excellent hands. Not to mention, you put in the dog mentality. Try to tackle this man one-on-one, good luck. But not only is he great after the catch, he gave uh, Tanner Mordecai had a QBR rating of 99.9 when he targeted Rice. And Rice ended last year with 96 catches for 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 14 yards per catch. But me, Rasheed Rice is that guy that everybody is thinking Quentin Johnson is going to be. Rasheed Rice is that dude. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He broke all of Cortland Sutton, Sutton's records at SMU, correct? No, I'm sorry. What in Cor- Cortland Sutton's correct. records? Emmanuel Sanders' records. Because he didn't even know he, it. He owns all the, he owns all the records. records but it, was, it was Sanders' records that who he broke. Um, what I like about him, I'm looking at his profile right now, ascending every year. 25 catches, 48 catches, 64 catches, 96 catches. He ran out of college production, or next year he would have been due for like 128. So he did just a, a, a great ascending, and then the touchdowns went up too. John, what, what are your thoughts on Rice? And then uh, who is who is your favorite? Not, again, doesn't have to be the best, but who's your favorite guy of this class? Man, so – I agree with Rasheed Rice. I think he's a stud. We got to interview him at the Senior Bowl. It was very nice meeting him. He's a big dude. He's physical. One of my favorite traits about Rasheed Rice isn't just his ability to get open. I love how he comes back to the football aggressively to secure the catch and make sure the defender doesn't get in between him and the football and get it. Like he is, he doesn't wait. He doesn't sit. And and I think that's a trait that sometimes is overlooked. You know, it's he's competitive for the football. He's not just competitive to get open, and you, you got to give him that. So my guy, which Nino alluded to, uh, that I guess he wanted to, is so I wanted to surprise you with who is your favorite wide receiver in this class. And in years past, I might have been able to because I feel like feel like this year there's a lot of guys. Like you, you ever get you ever go to like uh, your grandmother's house, right? And you go to your grandmother's house, and she's got those tin of sugar cookies. <laughs> And each different type of sugar cookie, there's like uh, they're all in a bundle. Like there's the the one that looks like pretzels, and they're bundled in like a little cellophane thing. And and there's a bunch of receivers this year bundled together. In my opinion, there's you know you got Quentin Johnson who's like the unicorn because of his size, you know, at the top. But then there's a lot of other guys who kind of, in one way or another fit the same mold. So I wasn't really able to go too far outside of the box. And I'm going to go with the guy that I really enjoy and I want him for the Cowboys. And that's Jackson Smith and Jigba coming out of Ohio state was only able to play in three games this past year due to hamstring injuries, which is a hundred percent concerning, but Ohio state and Nino's talking about Rasheed Rice, SMU, not for nothing. They put out some solid wide receiver talent, Cole, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton. So there's guys coming out of SMU, Danny Gray, who I, <laughs> I, I had a thing for last season. Um, but this year, you know, Ohio State, man, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Then they got Marvin Harrison Jr. And uh, Brian Hartline's the wide receiver coach out there. And he's doing what he's a incredible. I think he's very good at his job because you know, what makes me think he's very good at his job. These guys are coming in at an early age and they're producing Jackson Smith. Jigba comes into an offense at Ohio state and he's playing with guys like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And remember Chris Olave could have left the year prior. He came back. So everybody knew who the dudes were there and he didn't tuck his tail between his legs and shy away from it. He came out, man. And I, and don't get me wrong. We were talking prior to this, like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, phenomenal. Like they, they, they stood out, but so did Jackson Smith and the Jigba. He doesn't have that elite breakaway speed there. I, I think I was watching the game against Penn state. He's going across the middle, nothing but green grass. He gets about 40 yards, get caught by three guys, three guys catch him. But what he does have elite traits in is when he is within arm's distance of a defender, he has elite quickness. He is so good at avoiding contact when he doesn't get rerouted. 
you never see a defensive back get his hands on him and throw off the timing between him and the quarterback. And he's also very good at getting open right when the quarterback's under duress, which you include that quickness, you include the ability to get open like at, at the perfect timing. He's going to be a quarterback safety blanket immediately. I think he's going to be pigeonholed to be a slot receiver, but that's okay. And right now in today's NFL, those are the guys who are getting a lot of targets. And I think everything about him screams safe. He is safe. He is talented. And he's also willing to do the dirty work. He's a, he's going to block for you. If, if you're asking him to block for you, he's going to go across the middle and take contact. If you're asking him to go across the middle and take contact, he, he was like, doing the dirty work when Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were on the outsides, taking the top off the defense, going vertical routes, going d- deep comeback. So he was doing the, you know, the blocking on the bubble screens for those guys. And I just, everything about him, I really enjoy. Let me ask you a question before we pivot to my next question is why do you think he's starting to maybe, I don't want to say fall down draft boards, but you're starting to hear more and more like when the mock draft process started back in hell, I started seeing him in late December, early January. Why does it feel like he's falling almost out of the first round right now? He's old news. People are bored. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. How it is the college football? People are bored, man. And people get cute. And uh, sometimes, you know, it, it is good to, to question your process and it is good to keep watching film, but like, don't change your rankings just for the sake of changing your rankings. Like there's gotta be a reason you put somebody ahead of him and and it shouldn't be just because he didn't play much this year. If you are concerned about the injury, I think he might fall into the twenties in the draft because crazier things have happened. Justin Jefferson did CD lamb did, but also this wide receiver class, like I said, it's, they're all coming from the same cookie tray. Yeah, so like if 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 coaches or gms know they have to take a slot receiver because that's really all that's available you know i think they're gonna look at his production and think i think this is the guy who kind of does a little bit of everything and so so yeah it's just the, like nino said what have you done for me lately all right john while i got you on the mic who is uh who is going to be the value of this wide receiver group who, who are we going to look back in, you know, maybe two seasons and say, I cannot believe I got like Terry McLaren a few years ago, Cooper Cup, one of my favorite initial guys ever. Both senior bowl. Both Bo- senior bowl guys. Bo- and your guy doesn't have to be a senior guy, but who's going to be uh, who's going to be the value when we look back two years from now? So I got two guys, and one of them is a senior bowl guy, and that's Michael Wilson from Stanford. I think he's a mid-round guy. I think he, he's got a great frame. He's an outside wide receiver. We talked about him on the show before. He's very smooth. He's he's a very good route runner. He's very abrupt. Got good hands. He he runs, you know, a very good passing tree. He, he runs all the routes. He's a captain, former captain at Stanford, academic all, all on roll. So everything about him as far as value goes. Now, this isn't dynasty related because I can't tell you he's going to come in and catch eight uh, and i know that this is dynasty wars so i can't tell you he's going to come in and catch eight balls a game but i think he's going to come into the nfl and he, he reminds me i think he could be what michael gallup gives you in dallas i could see michael wilson giving you somewhere else i think he could be a quarterback's third option safe good hands you know he's going to be open and i you know i see a lot of that smoothness that i see from gallup and the, the good hands, the good ball tracking, I see that from Michael Wilson. But now as far as dynasty goes, who's the value wide receiver? And that's another wide receiver who's fell a lot and because of a <laughs> lot of issues. And that's Kayshawn Boutte out of LSU or Booty, however you want to pronounce it. I like It's, it's the best name think, in the draft. I think Boutte yeah. is my favorite as well. I think it just sounds like, you know, like it just sounds, sounds like somebody coming out of New Orleans. Boutte. So this guy, he's another guy. He's he's very well put together. His estimated to come in at six foot one ninety, but his frame, you know, his lower body, his upper body, just looks strong and sturdy. Like you see, some guys come in top heavy, some guys come in bottom heavy. He's very well put together. He's got very good speed. His hands, at times, it almost looks. So the reason I think it's value is because I don't. I think you're going to be able to get him. You might be able to get him in the third and dynasty, which that's just high risk, low reward. Uh, you know, he, he had some, 
I guess some some strange, bizarre things that happened at LSU. So who knows what NFL GMs are going to be thinking of them? But somebody's going to take them, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhere between, you know, the I think in the fourth, you know, when the comp- compensatory picks start coming in and people got extra picks, they're going to take them. He's he's fast. He's expl- he wore the number seven at LSU, and that also means something. J- you know, Jamar Chase wore number seven. Tyron Matthew wore number seven. Leonard Fournette wore number seven. Like they don't just give that to anybody. And if you look at his freshman film, when when LSU won the national championship, he he looked like that dude. Like he looked like Jackson Smith Najigba looked last year. That's how Butte looked. And Butte's doing that from the outside. And he's not like a physical run after the catch guy, but similar to like what I said about Jackson Smith and the Jigba, how he kind of manipulates his body and he's quick and short, short, short distances. Butte is like that as well. I mean, he's faster though. Butte, I think, has the higher end speed. I, I just think give me an outside receiver, a guy who can get a lot of targets, low cost, high upside. I, I think it's Butte. I'm a I'm a big Butte guy as well. I'm getting George Pickens vibes, a guy I that that, that I love George Pickens. That, that, a guy that could have went higher in the NFL draft that feels like he's fallen for the wrong reasons. All right, Nino. George Pickens will fight you for the football though. I, I don't I, I don't know if uh, Butte's not fighting nobody. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nino, what are your thoughts on Butte, and then who's your biggest value wide receiver in this class? Uh, I, I I always back my guy John. Uh, my only question with Butte is. Malik Neighbors, who was the no one coming into last season, outperformed Butte. And Butte looked like there was a couple of games, especially that first game against Florida State, where he just quit on his team. Mm. That pass in the end zone, if he would have put a little effort and reach, they probably could have won that game. He it ran was... into a dude on a jet sweep, right? He ran into like yeah. the, the last lineman. I've never seen that happen. Yeah, before. he was very, very checked bizarre. out. He was checked yeah. out early. But I, I was hot on him um, all year. And I, you know, I, I'll admit it, but I took into consideration he had a child midseason. You know, he's a kid himself, still having a kid, still going to school while trying to under a new scheme, new head coach. So it is what it is. He needs to clean up his head a little bit, put his head on a straight and narrow. The talent's there. Um, I believe Coach said you could probably get him in third. For me, um, I alluded to a little bit uh, in the green screen for the Patreons, and that's going to be Nathaniel Tank. Tank Dell out of Houston. A lot of GMs, right? Now, lately, it's been these small wide receivers, you know, that can work well in space. But a lot of GMs and coaches will see 5'8", 165, and they'll shy away quick. Give me five minutes of you actually watching film and not highlights, and you'll be blown away. 109 receptions, 1,400 yards, led the nation the last two seasons combined with 27 yards receiving, 17 touchdowns this year, 12 yards per catch. Dell continues to destroy secondaries. Man coverage, zone coverage, it does not matter. You want to put the high safety on him, he will find a way. His speed is elite, okay? And I'm not talking just straight inline speed. I'm not I'm not talking about separation. It, the comeback speed, whether it be on an out route, whether it be on a comeback, whether it be on a flag, my man puts his foot in the ground and moves, and there's instant separation. Dell oozes playmaking swag. Like, he's... I call him, and I get this vibe really strong from him. I hope he stays more healthier than him, but he has Kadarius Tony vibes through the roof, right? Angry guy at the wide receiver position, plays angry, plays aggressive, has speed, can cut on the dime. The swag from both of them gentlemen as a playmaker is through the roof. His separation at the line, man, if, you aren't, if you're a physical DB, you better not miss. Because if you go to bump him and you miss, it's night-night time. Okay, he's going to the crib or he's going to go for at least 15 to 20 yards. He can win on the outside, but my concern is he's small at 5'8". Can he win consistently on the outside? Is it going to be a scheme thing for Dell? I think in a wide open offensive format, he could blow doors off in, in the first year. So we'll see where he goes. I'm not saying that he can dominate one-on-one against a Jalen Ramsey on the outside every single play. But the speed is, is just definitely a factor, and he is elite in the open field, an absolute natural playmaker. He has laser beams for the hole to go to to make a man miss. All right, John, tell us your thoughts on uh, Nathaniel Tank Dell, and then uh, then tell us who's going to be the most overdrafted wide receiver in this class. Maybe it's based on reputation. Maybe it's their resume. 
Um, but but tell us what you think about uh, Mr. Dell and then your uh, your uh, overdraftee. Man, I'm a believer. You know, I didn't watch much of Dell prior to the Senior Bowl. And, you know, Wilson was there, who I said is going to be value. You know, Rasheed Rice, who was Nino's favorite wide receiver, you know, earlier in the show was there. And Dell was just on a completely different level than everybody there, th- those guys included. The DBs just couldn't stay with him. And, and it, it was just start to finish every route he ran. He was just blowing guys away. Quarterbacks were missing him because they just couldn't, quarterbacks couldn't catch up to his speed. They weren't, they, they couldn't even get comfortable with throwing in the football because his speed was so different than the other wide receivers they were throwing to every other rep. So you could see that right away. And I also think it's no coincidence that Nino was talking about Stefan Diggs earlier as a buy. You know, you see a little bit of Kadarius Tony. I remember Stefan Diggs when he was at Maryland. You know, like he was, you know, little guy, explosive, you know, playing at a small, like not a, I mean, Maryland's not a small school, but when we talk about football, it's a small school. It's probably similar to Houston, right? right? I think we would probably put them in the same class. And he was just blowing everybody away. And he was kind of a late riser mm-hmm. in the process. Like he was really projected, I want to say, well, like the third round, third yeah. or fourth round. So early third. I, yeah, I think it's it's similar. I think I see a lot of that in Tank Dell. I think if somebody, you know, is trying to emulate what Josh Hallen has with Stefan Diggs out there in Buffalo, like a la LA Chargers. It would be very smart, you know, to put him next to Mike Williams, especially with Keenan Allen on his way out and let him just rip the top off defenses and let Justin Herbert absolutely just let it fly. You know, I think that would be excellent. And then my guy for who I think is going to be overdrafted based upon their resume is a guy that I talked about the other day on the show. I compared him. We had Trevor Sikama on and we were talking wide receivers and I compared this guy to Will Fuller. And that's Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. His resume, he had 67 receptions in 2022, 1,200 yards, so 1,267, 15 touchdowns, 18.9 yards per receptions. He was a consensus All-American and a Blitnikoff winner. So everybody is going to see that and not watch the film, and they're going to think this guy is an alpha. He is a wide receiver one. He is not. He is a guy who you need to put him in an offense with alphas. If you put him in an offense with alphas, and if you have a coach like Andy Reid who's capable of scheming anybody open, and he's going to find this guy buckets of space, he can get it done in space, a la Will Fuller, where we saw him do it in the NFL. He is a burner. He is an absolute burner. And if you could got a quarterback who can throw it, you know, over them, their mountains, you know, this is the wide receiver you want for him. But he's not a guy that I'm going to count on. If, I, if I'm drafting a guy as high as J- – Jalen Hyatt is probably going to go in dynasty drafts, I would say anywhere between 7 and, and 10. I think that's going to be his ADP, and I think that's too high, especially in super flex. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'll take AR before – you know, I'll take Anthony Richardson before <laughs> I take Jalen Hyatt, and that's risk versus reward. I think the reward with getting, you know, and this could be a whole nother show debating philosophy, but yeah. I think if, it, if it's super flex, the cost of hitting a quarterback is so much higher than mm-hmm. the cost of hitting on a guy like this, who you don't know week in and week out, if he's going to ha- get that chunk play where he's going to take the top off the defense, he's not going to get targeted eight times a game. I'm sorry. He's not, he's going to get targeted three to five and probably most weeks it's going to be three. <laughs> and if, if what, you know, say one of them's an incompletion, you know, two of them are catches. He's he's two for fifty, no touchdowns. That's not that's not value. You know, he's not going to do what he did at Tennessee. I think if I'm a GM, I think if he's if I'm in the NFL and Jalen Hyatt falls between, let's say, the 16th pick of the second round and the 16th pick of the third round. If I'm in that range, yeah. right? I, I, I and, and I already have a great tight end, a, a very good wide receiver. One, put him in the offense help out my quarterback, make defenses respect the deep ball. I'm, But I'm not bringing him in and expecting to build an offense around him. That's, that's just not happening. So that's that's the guy that I think is going to be overdrafted. And what about you, Nino? Who's going to be overdrafted? Well, I, I'm 
Coach already knows I'm right with him with Hyatt. Um, Josh Heupel was in his bag all year. Um, and he schemed him wide open many a times. But I'm going to go, and I'm probably going to upset a lot of people here because he's probably that consensus top three. And I'm going to go with Quentin Johnson out of TCU as my guy that I think is going to get overdrafted. Um, I know he's the unicorn, you know, 6'3", you know, the big body guy. 60 receptions he had this year for 1,069 yards. Six touchdowns. You're the dude, right? You're supposed to be the unicorn wide receiver, that big body guy. He had six touchdowns. He had nine games under 80 yards. He had six under 50. That's just this year alone. Last year, and I was riding a absolutely balling out Max Dugan, right? Last year, you had 33, 634. Again, six TDs. He is a big wide receiver, but sometimes he plays like he's an oak tree, and he's so straight up too upright for me that DBs, bigger DBs and safeties, manhandle him. Like, I worry at his frame in the NFL, a, a bigger safety is going to light this dude up. I've watched it in college. He's hit him a few times and let the drop balls. Let him kind of like getting gippy on, on, on full extension on the catches. And his route tree is very, very small. It's about that big. He runs like three routes. That's about it. And his separation is not on an elite level. I'm not saying he's not a top five receiver. But they're going to just see the unicorn factor. They're going to put him in his top three. And I don't know if he's going to perform at that top three level right off the rip. Let me ask you one more quick question, and I'll hit you with the, the next question. Maybe it'll lead you right back to the same guy. D does it feel like he's getting – does it feel like he plays the game the way the game is played in 2023? Because when I see Quentin Johnson, I, when I think of the way the game is played now, I see Justin Jefferson. I see Cooper Cup. I see Stephon Diggs. I see Garrett Wilson. I see Chris Ola. I see those guys. I don't see the Quentin Johnson body type and, and route scheme. And I don't think he's as good as a DK Metcalf. It just kind of feels like he's a man without a scheme in that He's going to be a really boom bust wide receiver two three at the at the dynasty level. Am I crazy for saying that? I I agree with that statement one hundred percent. The thing I kept trying to announce it was the six touchdowns. You're supposed to be the unicorn big body wide receiver, and you can't find the red zone. Who does that remind you of? I hate to say it because he was a dog, Julio Jones, big body guy. Couldn't find the end zone, whether that was Atlanta or Matt Ryan's fault. Now, Julio was a stud, right? But he couldn't score. He had one season where he had multiple, like a, a lot of touchdowns. Other than that, very, very little touchdowns. I worry about Quentin Johnson because I, he doesn't have much given to him in the wide receiver. Like, the route tree is small, right? He's, he's kind of like a twig out there as a big guy. He's not as physical as you would want at the size he is. It worries me a lot. There are a lot of physical DBs out there. And if he's not a target in the red zone, what does he bring into the table? All right, John. Maybe it's Quentin Johnston. Maybe it's someone else. Who's the bust of this class? Who's just not going to pan out at the pro level? I've never heard a wide receiver compared to an oak tree before. So that was that was a first I, for I, me, and that was my favorite part of that segment. He, he, I think he meant upright. I was thinking stiff, like this guy yeah. is stiff I as an oak tree. I think could, he meant could both. I think he Could be, yeah, could both. be both. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think, I think the way he managed to tie that together, I think, was, was absolutely phenomenal. But it's a thin oak tree because his route tree is very thin. Uh, he reminds me of Kevin White out of West Virginia, yeah. you, you know, who came into the NFL with injuries, but just bust, you know, and uh, – I'm nervous. My my guy is is Quentin Johnson as well. And it's tough. It's tough to it was tough to predict who is the most likely to bust because I don't think there is a top 10 wide receiver in this class. I don't. You know, I I don't think any of these wide receivers are worthy of being picked. I wouldn't even say top 12. Mm -hmm. You know, none of these are franchise wide receivers. They're all there's a few guys like Josh Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, you know, and then, like I mentioned, Jackson Smith, Najigba, you know, a lot of these guys are going to come in and they're going to help out offenses day one. But none of these guys are guys you're going to build an offense around. And I think a lot of people are going to think Quentin Johnson is that because, like, you know, said his size, you know, he's the unicorn for a big guy. He had a 34 percent contested catch rate in 2022. So so so, you know, Memphis, you're talking about him trying kind of being that old school guy without a role. Well, even 
in the role that a big physical receiver is supposed to be in. He wasn't even successful in it. He wasn't climbing the ladder, boxing guys out and coming down with all those contested catches. He wasn't, you know, and you know, decently below 50%. Like, like Nino mentioned, he played in 13 games this year. Six of those, he was held under 50 yards. And one of them being the biggest game he played in the national championship. He had one reception for three yards in the national championship. You know, that's, you know, I don't think Max Dugan is very good. I don't, you know, we saw him at the senior bowl. I don't think, you know, maybe, maybe seventh round pick, you know, sixth round pick undrafted free agent, you know, so some of that has to do with Max Dugan playing against the Georgia Bulldogs and that defense, that defense is phenomenal. But if you're, if you're a top 15 wide receiver in the NFL draft, especially given CD lamb, Justin Jefferson, these guys all went like what? 18 to 24. If you're, if you want to be somebody picked in the top 15, you better be creating separation. And even when you're not covered, even when you're not open, you're open. Like that's what I need from somebody. And that's not Quentin Johnson. So people, I think people in, in dynasty leagues, I think people are going to get excited They're You know, he'll probably run fast. He's big there. He's probably going to go somewhere between four and seven. And you, you can't miss between four and seven, especially if you're picking at four and you didn't trade for that spot. You're likely not a very good team and you need help. And he's not somebody who's going to be more than he'd probably be, you know, a low end wide receiver two at times. And, you know, we, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but this is, you said most likely I'm not guaranteeing it, but that's most likely. Well, what I'm hearing is I, I like small wide receivers that play big. I yeah. don't like big wide receivers that play small. And I heard you guys both kind of say that Nino, my man, who's busted. Who's the, who's your projected bust of this group? So it's this coach's guy. I thought he was going to come with them, and he didn't. Um, everybody's, you know, we talk about what have you done for me lately. Everybody's looking for that that cheap small school wide receiver they can get and just be that Christian Watson guy, right? And, and for me this year, he had all the hype going at the Senior Bowl, and I think he fell flat in his face. That's Andre, uh, Coach. What's his last name? I think it's Yosivas or Yosivas. Yosivas. I think it's yeah. Yosivas, but uh, from Princeton. He just didn't wow me at all. His right? hair wowed you, though. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, he gave me the Fabio look, you know, but that was about it. The speed is there, but it's just in line. Run him straight, he's fast as hell. But there's no separation with the speed. Once he starts to cut and make footwork in a route, the speed slows down. Uh, his footwork is average, but not elite. At 6'3", 200 pounds, you would think he'd be able to bang with these guys. He lacks body control. When he goes up to high point the ball and in traffic, He's just kind of all over the place. You know, I heard a lot of hype about, you know, his one-on-ones. Yeah, he's one on a one-on-one. He's scary. But any physical DB that throws any kind of chink in his armor, he's falling off course. And the speed won't be able to outperform the other weaknesses, I think, in this game. So, for me, I think uh, AI is going to be the guy that's going to bust. All right. Well, there's a, there, there's a new name. So, one thing I've been asking everybody whenever they're helping us with a position group is what are some of the premier or best landing spots? John, Cowboys notwithstanding, I do think Dallas is a good spot, but uh, what, what's a good landing spot, and do you have a guy Wait, you'd like to see in that spot? I can't mention the Cowboys? You, you sure can, John. I'm just giving you All a hard right. time. Because <laughs> you, you, our own Kyle of the uh, Fantasy Football Smackdown, uh, our doctor of physical therapy, Dr. Kyle, you guys are uh, all my favorite Cowboys fans. So, no, what's a premier spot and maybe a quick name of a guy you'd like to see land there? So, with I, I think the Cowboys are a premier spot. You know, Jalen Tolbert, we drafted him in the third round. He barely saw the field. He, he didn't even make the active roster. I think maybe two or three times this season he did. So, there's still an opportunity to. But the Cowboys, James Washington was hurt. Michael Gallup was hurt. They gave him every opportunity through training camp to get there. I think they want him to be successful, but I don't know if he can be. That being said, we needed to. Gallup is is no more than a three. He's a guy who's capable of the big play. He's capable of converting on long third downs. He's a good red zone target. But we need a guy like Amari Cooper or a guy like Cole Beasley, somebody in the slot, a CD. We can bump him outside. CD's shown he can play in the slot, but I think ultimately let's bump CD out, out wide. There's a bunch of slot receivers. Ideally, give me Jackson Smith and the Jigba. I don't think he's going to be there. Who I like if, if Najigba's gone. Give me Josh Downs. Give me Zay Flowers. I think 
Zay Flowers is more explosive and sudden than Josh Downs, but I think Josh Downs is a little more nuanced. And I think Josh Downs fits a little bit more in that role of the Cole Beasley, who's going to be exactly where you want to be. Sometimes, with Zay, so Zay Flowers is excellent after the catch, very explosive, aggressive, tough, physical. But the one thing that just the difference between him and Downs is, I think Downs understands spacing a little more than Zay Flowers does. And that could also be coaching. No, no offense to those guys up in Boston, Nino, no offense to, uh, I know that's where you roll up in Boston college, but I feel like sometimes jo- uh, Zay flowers just tries to win with speed and abruptness. And sometimes he gets into somebody else's lane when they're running around or he doesn't stop his route in the hole. And that's, you know, I feel like Josh downs, it's a little more safe, but a lot of people like Zay flowers more than they like Josh downs. Cause I think the ceiling's higher. So regardless, there's a bunch of slot receivers one of them will fit even Jordan Addison, you know, USC there, there's guys, you know, all around that I think could fit into this offense. So I think Dallas looking for that slot slot receiver. This is a draft that, that has a bunch of them. And then another one is the LA chargers. Keenan Allen, I think is ultimately on his way out. He might've played his last snap in LA. Mike Williams can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. I like Josh Palmer, but I don't think Josh Palmer is the one there you know he's he's the two so mike williams is the one but you know who you know when he's hurt which he's going to be hurt a lot i think there's you know justin herbert needs that guy i don't know if it's in this class honestly i don't know if that dude is in this class but maybe you put rasheed rice over there in la a guy who you can target rasheed rice to me when I, when Zay Zay Jones was coming out at ECU Eastern Carolina, he caught a lot more balls because they were playing a lot less talented squads. Not that SMU's world beaters, but still, I do think that they're playing in a higher class division. I, I see a lot of the same characteristics. I think Zay Flowers is. I'm sorry, I'm saying I got Zay Jones. Now I'm saying I mean Rasheed Rice. I think he's a guy that, in an offense, you can Kellen Moore. I saw him learn to pepper Ceedee Lamb about. A third of the way through the season, he figured it out. And I think he knows an offense has to move through a primary target. I think the primary target in L.A. is on his way out in in Keenan Allen. And I think that you could bring in a guy like Rasheed Rice, make him the primary target there, and really build an offense between those two guys growing together. So, so Nino, who are your two, man? First spot for me is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl champions. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl, but uh, Juju's on a one-year deal, and MVS and McCall Hardman have been nothing but average at best. The only sure thing on that offense is Travis Kelsey and Kadarius Tony's contract is locked up for one more year. A stud wide receiver would help Patty Mahomes construct the dynasty train to keep rolling. Now, I say a stud wide receiver, and I'm not talking about the first round because they're going to be at the, the end of the first round. But a guy like A.T. Perry or Charlie Sizzle Jones who can take the top off the ball or taller wide receivers and extend the field for guys if they bring Juju back or Tony if he's fully healthy next year. Those are guys I can see Kansas City going after. They are a prime spot for a receiver to land. Another spot, and this is all going to go on however the coin flip lands for Cincinnati Bengals. Is that, is that a are – you, were you poking the Bengals with the coin flip? Is that a coin flip joke? I, you know, I just do what I do, coach. Uh, all right, I like it. I like it. It'll have steep repercussions this year because it's either going to be T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. But if it's T. Higgins, you better bring that $100 million Louis bag because it's going to be pricey. So someone's got to be replaced, but Joey Stogie B needs to get paid. So that's your first priority. Once Joey B gets paid, then the money trickles down to a wide receiver. I could see a guy like Trey Palmer or Marvin Mims being wide receiver too. The Jamal Chase in Cincinnati and legitimately just eating early and often. All right. I, I, I like to hear the, uh, the T Higgins take. I, I don't know that they'll deal T Higgins this year. Like, like I see like an NBA sign and trade where they sign him to a deal knowing that he'll never get the big money while he's a bangle. They'll, they'll trade him in year five NFL contracts, obviously completely different than NBA contracts. The guy that I want to see land somewhere is I want to see Jordan Addison land in New York. Danny Dimes needs that 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 guy, and I I like Addison. I see, I see Nino's face. 
Uh, we've not talked a lot about him tonight, but but that's a guy that I, that I like in this class. So who, who did you like more coming out, Sterling Shepard at Oklahoma or Jordan Addison? I. Uh, to put you on the spot, sorry. I, I like Addison more because he's done it with multiple quarterbacks and multiple offenses. He did it at Pitt with Pickett. He did it in USC with Caleb Williams. So part of it is, yes, the, the schemed open by Lincoln Riley, but part of it is, is I think he's a pretty good wide receiver. don't love his size, but I want to see him get my boy Dimes a little bit of help. So last question, we'll get you guys out of here. Who is the wide receiver equivalent of James Robinson? Now, we don't expect you to hit on an absolute steal. And this guy is going to you know, be a locked up you know, wide receiver one his rookie year from UDFA or late round draft capital. But give us that name, Nino, that uh, we need to keep our, our ears on and keep our eyes on the tape of a, of a, of a small school guy. Uh, you wanted small school. So I went digging. I had a, a list of 35 wide receivers, and uh, I came up with – Demario Douglas out of Liberty. Uh, he tore up the Shrine Bowl uh, with Zay Flowers this year, 5'8", 175 pounds. He's a possession wide receiver that can make things happen in the open field with ease. He is smooth like peanut butter, all right? Double D is like a young Edward Scissorhands, the way he cuts up and leaves DBs looking like Tyron Lue with the AI crossover, all right? Stepping over him, he leaves him in their dust. He, is, he isn't the best downfield receiver, but he can get downfield in a hurry. And he runs a 4-4-40. This is a guy I'm thinking that could be a little, you know, late seventh round pick, maybe, you know, early, late, early seventh, late sixth, where he can perform, you know, maybe not week one, but week four, five, and six, he'd be stepping up and, and making plays for, for his team. All right, John, give us your small school gym. Maybe a Solomon Mobile. Maybe they're uh, someone else. But uh, who, who's your small school guy? Man, so we, we had a wide receiver compared to an oak tree and now Edward Scissorhands. So uh, he, he, he's, he's weaving a tapestry of words yeah, for us yeah. to, to, to cover ourselves in. Man, so, so I'm glad he went first because his is actually a deep dive. My, I'm lazy. Uh, I haven't gotten that far yet. So uh, mine isn't really a small school guy, but it's BYU. And it's Pukunukua. I believe that's how you pronounce it out of BYU, 61206. He's kind of like that Debo Samuel guy this year where he's not built like Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel probably has like 25 pounds on him. So I don't know if he can necessarily take that type of role in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be taking any carries out of the backfield, but he did at BYU. You know, so teams have seen him do that, but I don't think he'll last if he does. That being said, this is a guy who consistently shows he's a dynamic athlete. And dynamic athletes demand touches. He's quick. He's strong. He's good after the catch. You know, he's the type of guy I think where he's going to go to the NFL. He's going to get drafted. I don't know. I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll dra be drafted in the first three rounds. You know, but I think where he goes and where you're going to be able to get him in, in dynasty drafts, he's going to likely. Coaches are going to like him. Because of how dynamic he is, I'm sure he's going to be. He'll be probably he'll probably return punts. He'll probably return kicks. He's a playmaker. Give give him the ball every every chance you get, and I think that's going to earn him some respect from his coaches. And from that respect, he'll get on the field. And then when he gets on the field, he'll be quarterback friendly. And I think he's again with with dynasty fantasy football PPR. You're going to tell me this guy's going to demand four to six touches a game, and a lot of those touches are going to be probably close to the line of scrimmage. And then it's going to be what he does after the catch. And the big play is always a possibility. You know, that to me sounds like a flex play and give, give me him as a flex play. I think, I think that's, he's a high ceiling flex play in my opinion, going forward. Well, see, these, these are the names we need to know because we all play in dynasty leagues where you draft into the fifth, some cases, sixth round. And you, you need these names. That's, that's why I've added this question into the questions we ask our guests because I want our guests when they're not drive or our listeners, excuse me, when they're not driving a car to be able to sit down and take a quick note in their, in their phone and, and say, well, go ahead, John. I was just saying, if you play in Frankenstein, I think our first round is, is rookie only. So yeah. you need, or no, our first two rounds, I think are rookie only. And you can, we have playable cards. So you can also draft a playable card. You can only take one playable card. Last year we had 12. So so Memphis, I don't know if you've heard, but we're gonna we're we're in the process of adding like eight cards. So there's gonna be like 20 cards. So each division is gonna have its own 
Like some divisions are going to have these and these. Each division is going to it's 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 nonsense. It's it's crazy. But you need to, if you play in Frankenstein, you need to know who these rookie gems are because you you're going to want to you're going to draft them and keep them in your roster because when your players get stolen, if you lose early on, you need somebody who might break out and, and take a roster spot. Yeah, and I can tell you from firsthand Frankenstein experience that uh, if you like role-playing games, if you like Call of Duty, if you like video games, but you also love fantasy football and dynasty fantasy football, I'm telling you the uh, the Frankenstein Listener League is for you. But guys, thank you so much for coming on. Nino, again, tell us about the, uh, the CFB network and uh, everything you've got going on. Yeah, so it's uh, the CFB Nation on the Twitter and on the YouTube. Um, Monday and Tuesday, it's me and KT. It's the governor and the mayor of college football. We're breaking down anything college football. I know it's the offseason, but there's no offseason for us. We're diving into everything that's uh, college football issues. We're doing, uh, we even talking about, just today we talked about 2024 uncommitted QBs. So there's no topic of college football that me and KT don't touch on. Um, and then again, you know, Fridays, we'll be on the CFB Nation. It's me and Boom. We're doing P2P. Parts of the playoffs with Boomer and DDP. And uh, we might have uh, Kedrick Rieskano on on this Friday doing uh, his Ole Miss freshman running back. Uh, we're going to talk about him, see see what he's got going on, and then what his expectations are going into this year. So that's what I got going on. What do you, so, what do you got going on Thursday nights? Oh, Thursday nights, that's on the clock with Coach and KT. You know, it's our draft special. Talk about it, Coach. Yeah, man. Every, every Thursday, we, uh, we're talking NFL draft. Now, this is on the, t- the Titles Network because this is after college football. This is the NFL draft. So they, they're ours now. Uh, Thursday nights. So this week, who, who's the guest? We, we, we're talking uh, mid round gems. I, I cannot pronounce uh, with it. With Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. So last week, we had Trevor Sikama. We had John Laubon prior. We were live from Senior Bowl. We got Kyle Belfield. You know him, Memphis. We're going to be talking uh, rookie defensive players coming up so that's our nfl draft show so a lot of what we talked about this evening we talk about on the title network on thursdays and then you know my, my my main show is uh tuesday nights and we're doing a dynasty rookie mock next tuesday so that'll be a lot of fun two rounds so good stuff there you go so if you're looking for everything rookie related when you're not in the war zone check out our friends john and nino and the whole crew. Now, wait, I won't, before I get Nino out of here, I'll make sure. So you're the mayor, and, and, and he's the governor. You know, like in Kentucky, they have these things like called the colonels. You've probably heard of the Kentucky. Maybe <laughs> I could be like the colonel of college football. We'll work on we'll work on getting me an official title over there with you guys soon. But, uh, Nino, I want to thank you, and I want to thank John for, for popping by. And I'm going to get these guys out of here because in case you didn't know, you know, Nino's been with me and John's been with me. For about an hour and a half, you've gotten about an hour of this on the the main feed, but we did a lot of uh, just random nuggets uh, over on the Patreon show uh, before I hit the record button. So go over, sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. We'll get you in the group chat. We might have to figure out one of those gilded chats like these guys. And uh, you get all the bonus. Comment our gilded and try it out. Yeah, yeah. Try try their gilded. Get gilded with John and and Nino, and then we'll get we'll get our own gilded, and then we'll all gild together. Yeah, boom. That's the goal. There you go. That that is the goal. But the ultimate goal here at the Dynasty War Zone is to make the world a better place for fantasy football. I think we did that tonight. I'll be back. I'm going to try to link up with Jerry. We'll call this the main episode of the week, and we'll try to get Jerry on for a little bonus. He's just been. Super busy with the uh, real world stuff, but uh, he'll be back talking football soon. And uh, thanks for tuning in and have a great week, guys. Thank you. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. 
So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak